And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where, um, I would say you've killed, like, exactly the right number of people. <laughs> Which for me is none, yeah. just to be clear. <laughs> but if you're trying to appeal to a murderer, you might as well try. Yes. <laughs> You can try. <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam, the film used, or maybe abused. And of course, the, the shenanigans! <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to oh. our one-year anniversary of Shenanigans. Can you believe it? I legitimately cannot. I am so <laughs> pleased that for our one year, we are coming back to an episode that is also foundational to starting all of this. Yes, this is a movie that Jasmine and I have watched right in the start of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and it's one of the movies that kind of inspired us to start a podcast. I think it was our first Netflix party. Was it really? That could be right, yeah. I really think so. This is also the movie we watched with a couple of my friends for my 30th birthday because Yay. I turned 30 in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's that 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 was that. Yay! <laughs> Thirty flirty and surviving. Yes, surviving the pandemic. <laughs> that was the theme. Boy, <laughs> the theme of that year. Everyone just trying to make it through. We did somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing kind of hysterically, existentially, because I was just reading an article about the pandemic skip and how. You don't feel the age that your body currently is now. Correct. But anyway, we won't go down that. I'll focus myself this up. This Barbie is having another existential crisis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, do I want to touch this? No. Not really. Moving on. <laughs> this movie really helped <laughs> giving us some comfort during a terrible time. And also, this movie is Lovebirds. <laughs> yes, right, right. Talk about burying the lead there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the movie. So obviously we're big fans of this film. And while it's not a classic rom-com, we definitely turned it on the first time thinking it was. Absolutely. I mean, it's in the name, isn't it? Yeah. It feels like it would be. And it's not not a rom-com. But it's not 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 a rom-com either. It's just also a murder mystery. Yes. <laughs> and Jasmine and I have watched this movie together three, three times. times. And it still hits. <laughs> so. It still hits. For our one year anniversary, we're going to do this movie. And also for Halloween. Ah, yes. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Synergy. All those things. Okay, plot synopsis. Okay, I know where I am. Okay. 
On their way to dinner with friends, Leilani and Gibran get into an argument. Which accidentally breaks them up. Which accidentally leads them to run someone over with their car. Which accidentally drops them into the middle of a murder mystery. Shenanigans ensue! (laughs) (laughs) This plot is wacky. (laughs) It really does not give you a lot of space to adjust. No. <laughs> you really are watching the beginning of a rom-com, almost a la the breakup. Yes. You don't really know what direction their relationship's going to go in. Yeah. And then you end up in a murder mystery very suddenly and aggressively, and you're not prepared for it. <laughs> very <laughs> aggressively. And, like, you get thrown so far into the deep end, and it just doesn't let up. <laughs> it's just wild. <laughs> I don't even know how to start in the general thoughts without going right into a bunch of shenanigans, really. Right. I guess I will say that these two leads, mm. Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani, are incredible writers and comedians. What a duo. And holy shit, is this such a clever script? My goodness. It's extremely clever, very funny. Sometimes when you have stand-up comedians in movies, the bits can feel like they're going on a little bit too long or they meander so much that it's difficult for the plot to properly interconnect. Yeah. But this movie is so clever. They're dropping things that are going to happen later on in a throwaway fight at the top of the movie. That fight is honestly iconic. That has (laughs) got to be one of the best comedy relationship fights anyone's ever written and performed. It's really so good. Because the beauty of it is that they're fighting like real couples, which Mm. is that when things are bad, you're fighting over literally nothing. (laughs) Over the dumbest shit they're fighting. They're having a gigantic blowout over... For whether or not they think that they could be in the amazing race successfully. With one of them never having seen the show. A big old nothing burger. So ridiculous. Because he's a documentary guy. Yes. That's different. It's not the same as reality TV. Documentaries are real. That's one of the quotes. Serious. Or Lilani telling Gibran, you didn't like restaurants at all. You were busy typing that negative review with your white lady fingers. (laughs) And he's like, my fingers are meaty bronze fingers. So absurd. And then they have an entire fight about not being able to pick a place to eat when they are in, quote, the culinary capital of the world. (laughs) And then contradict each other by saying, no, that's Hong Kong. And like they cannot stop fighting over minuscule things, which feels so authentic. They try to order just alcohol, first of all, just general alcohol. And the waitress is like, this is a diner, we don't serve alcohol. And so they end up ordering milkshakes. And, you know, sometimes they bring the little extra milkshake. And they have this whole long bit about how it's so weird that they bring the little extra milkshake instead of measuring it out. It's like, you don't bring more soup or whatever. It was just so funny. It's like, how are you guys arguing over this now? Or you have other things that you should be concerned with. But that's literally long and short of the whole entire film is why are you arguing about this? Yeah. But also, thank you for arguing about this because it's delightful. It's so funny. We were talking about it and they must have done rough outlines and then riffed around it. Yeah. Their interactions feel so organic, but because certain plot points are being dropped, they have to be 
things that are scripted. So we were saying maybe some of it's scripted like the lead in and then they get the opportunity to just kind of play. Yeah. Because some of the throwaway lines just feel way too natural for that to be scripted. <laughs> and some of them, I feel like I can see the other actor almost break because they were not expecting it. <laughs> and it's so much yeah. fun to watch. Especially because both Jazz and I really love comedic acting. Love. So such a delight to watch this performance. So impressive. I, I really can't say enough good things about both of these people mm. as creatives out in the universe. Mm-hmm. I truly love them. Mm-hmm. Me too. I guess we should just get into the tropes. Yes. So like we said, this isn't really a classic rom-com, but there still are some tropes that they do. So yeah. we will hit on them. We've got a falling in love montage. We've got a rekindled romance plot. There's being broken up, but still forced together. Mm-hmm. There's also a tending to someone's wounds very, <laughs> very gently. An excuse to get close. And somehow romantically, even though there's blood involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's this new trope that we both have noticed a lot lately in relation to Ubers or Lyfts. The you ordered a shared or the literal ride share. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> And then we've got an awkward dinner party. A staple. And honestly, it's so awkward and I love it. Even though I forget so much about this movie, that's one of the things that never leaves. Because all of their friends are experiencing how this night should have progressed. And we see the two leads after having been through the most surreal, hellish, absurd evening. Of their lives. Yes. They worlds apart. This dinner party would have been awkward enough if it was just for the fact that these two had broken up on the car ride over. Oh yeah, they were going to be messy and fighting at this dinner party the entire night. Exactly. But no, a million other things have happened in between. (laughs) And it was crucial because those million other things led them to realizing that everyone else has a million little things that they're dealing with Mm -hmm. and then reconciling. Yes, and like realizing how much they really care for each other and how good their relationship is. Yeah, and also how hot they are. Oh, damn, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) They're really appreciating each other. They really are. When Issa comes out in that dress, Mm -hmm. damn girl. Yeah. And then when Kumail comes down the stairs in the suit with the fake cufflink pose, (laughs) crying. I was like, okay, go for it. You look good. You brought it. You brought it. Oh boy. So good. This whole film is just an absolute fever dream in the best possible way. Oh, yes. I mean, obviously, I want to start with the first date montage. Yes. I knew you were going to pick that one. I know, obviously. I'm always going to pick the montage first. So cute. I also love that song. And it really is so freaking cute. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the tone sets you up to really feel like this is the beginning of an excellent rom com. Right. I don't. It- pulls at the heartstrings. It's so cute. It's a first date montage that leads into I'm not going to go home the next day montage. Let's get breakfast mm-hmm. into I'm canceling plans with my friends. Let's spend the whole day together again. Yeah. They don't want that first date to end so badly that mm. they just make the whole 24 hours an experience together. It's such a beautiful first date. It's so sweet. And the way they're looking at each other is really beautiful. Yeah. Ah, 
It's so lovely. And then it smash cuts to them fighting now that they live together. Oh, yes. Smash cut four years later. Ridiculous fighting. Ridiculous. And the tone of it is so heavy. They're yelling at each other. This is a blowout. Something Mm -hmm. big happened. Someone really, really messed up. Except actually it's just about the amazing race. (laughs) So good. I want to talk about the tending to someone's wounds. (laughs) Listen, <laughs> finding any excuse to get up close and personal. Yes. You see Lilani like lifting Gibran's shirt up to like assess the damage. But what to me is so good about the execution of this trope is that it's like 100% legitimate. And he probably needs to be. <laughs> he needs to go to the ER immediately. He's been kicked by a horse. <laughs> square in the chest the fact that he didn't go into immediate cardiac arrest is honestly a miracle he definitely has broken ribs like what's happening oftentimes when you see this trope it's like oh it's a gentle little superficial cut there's a bit of blood dab 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 look longingly into each other's eyes but no he's legitimately very injured yes yes (laughs) so funny and what did they do like they in this pharmacy yeah they've gone to like a pharmacy but have snuck into the employees only back room what they've taken a bunch <laughs> of first aid supplies and are starting to tend each other's so wounds ridiculous. in the clothes that they found in this pharmacy that they've already put on even mm. though they haven't paid for them yet so ridiculous so messy <laughs> And this is one of the moments where I think Issa almost breaks. If you watch it, the exchange is so tight. And the reaction that she gives for him saying, do you have to press right on the wound? Is so genuine that I don't know that he said it on any of the other takes and it surprised her. I like the scene so much because they were towing the line between it being tender and being funny really well. Because it is both. Because they do share like an intimate moment, but then there's also the comedy that is being played while Lilani is dressed as though a unicorn threw up on her. Yes, very much so. So absurd. And they acknowledge how absurd the situation they're in is. Yeah. And they both start to laugh. (laughs) And then he remembers he has broken ribs. And so he's actually in a lot of pain. Please don't make him laugh. There's so many exchanges like this. Yes. The whole movie is these exchanges between the two of them. Especially because they've legitimately broken up. Yeah. But they forced on this adventure together. At one point, Lalani points out, dude, we've broken up. Yeah. Like, we couldn't even decide on a restaurant to eat at together. And now you want us to solve a murder mystery? Yeah, let's not. What are we doing? And it's so fun because the breakup happens in the car ride mm-hmm. to the dinner party after the main part of the Amazing Race <laughs> fight. So So they literally do the, I think we should break up, pause, someone's driving and looks away from the road because, oh no, we've broken up and I need to be sad and look at you. And then that's the impetus for hitting somebody is I've looked off the road and for once in all of cinema history, (laughs) there are repercussions for not keeping your eyes on the road, (laughs) which is something in movies that drives me bonkers. Like having full on conversations for 20 (laughs) second intervals, like staring at the other person. When I see that in a film, I count, Jane. I count. I believe it. I look at them and they turn and I'm like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, you better turn around, bitch. I can't. Dead. (laughs) And in this movie, he should have turned around. (laughs) But 
makes sense because yes. he had a major beat change. <laughs> he did. He was literally physically moved. I mean, that for me was reasonable. And he takes his eyes off the road for a mm-hmm. moment. And immediately drives over someone. Which is all it actually takes in real life, people. Exactly. Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the literal ride chair? We can talk on it briefly. It's so silly and dumb. It is. I don't know if I remember (laughs) any other ones that we've watched aside from Always Be My Maybe, Mm -hmm. where Keanu Reeves' character orders the couple a rideshare home after (laughs) having a fight where he punches Keanu Reeves. I punched Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Sorry, this song. I just had to hold myself back from singing. It's impossible to think about that movie without then singing the song in your head. But it's another perfect example of someone ordering a very inappropriate rideshare. And what's particularly amusing about this is that the folks that they're sharing this ride with is a really PDA loved up young couple who are just like full on making out with each other and like whispering sweet nothings after these two have just broken up. I don't mind that if you're in a cab, but both of these couples should not have ordered (laughs) rideshares. On that note, let's move on to the shenanigans. (laughs) Hard pivot. I would like to do both the trope of awkward dinner party while talking about the shenanigans of the awkward dinner party. Because there's so many. I think that's a good place to start. It turns out one of Leilani's co-workers is a real point of contention in their relationship. For whatever reason, this one guy makes Gibran feel very inadequate, Mm -hmm. even though there's nothing going on. And then also we've got Leilani dealing with her friend getting engaged on the eve of her breakup. And so you've got the two of them in opposite rooms, and they're both coming to the same realization. But also, these are the quotidian issues. Yes. The bonkers batshit thing that's happening is that Gibran and Leilani are trying to break into Bicycle's phone to like <laughs> help solve this thing. And it's not that there's a bicycle that's come to life. No, right, right, right. <laughs> In the IMDb for this movie, actors are credited as Mustache and Bicycle. Correct. They don't have character names. <laughs> and so this dinner party is taking place uh, after, as we've said, Gibran has been kicked in the chest by a horse and they make up this wild story about the fact that they're late to the dinner party oh because gosh. they started boxing classes. He's an amateur <laughs> boxer now. And this contrived story about like how he needs to go to the doctor but he can't call his doctor because he got a quote new phone and that he forgot his pin code right so he can't get his doctor's number and he's forgotten his pin code because of the traumatic repetitive (laughs) brain injuries from the boxing because leilani's friend is quite ethical and he's not just going to like break into a phone because they ask him to right so come up with this crazy story that is believed and the people at the dinner party really do believe which doesn't make any sense i would have thought my friends are on some serious drugs if they showed up late to a dinner party looking like that and talking like that okay so they got into the car to go to the dinner party they have hit somebody run to a diner to regroup have gone to the house that's called a roofie laboratory oh yes of boys they've also then met up with a woman who threatens to burn them and then get kicked by a horse and 
then have gone to the pharmacy to get a change of clothes and tend their wounds, right? All of that has happened? All of that has happened. All of that has happened. So they're like three hours late to this dinner party. (laughs) And the friends barely probe at the story. Right? If your friend is three hours late and is busted, you don't have any additional questions? And weird clothes for a dinner party without the wine that they were asked to bring? Yeah. (laughs) Just the trust. No follow-up questions? I can't. (laughs) And before we leave the dinner party, I do very much want to stop and take a moment to acknowledge a beautiful life lesson that is in this movie that more people really need to take to heart, which is that Leilani truly believes that the friend that has gotten engaged has a perfect relationship Hmm. and has a conversation with her about it and comes to realize because her friend is very forthcoming that they fight all the time over really dumb shit and they don't have as much sex as she thinks they do and a lot of it is a thirst trap for her ex yeah and that these things that we see online are curated Mm -hmm. and not a good representation of reality and more people should definitely take that to heart because it's very easy to compare everything in your life to what's going on online and none of that's real it's so hard to bear that in mind when you are on social media yeah because you know that what you're putting out there is a very curated version of your life but it's so difficult to keep that at the forefront when you're looking at other people's stuff right the ease with which we know that about ourselves and then choose to forget yes. that that's probably true of everyone else. <laughs> like almost certainly. And all it does is make you neurotic mm-hmm. and feel less than. Yeah. And I'm really happy that Leilani's character has a moment of realization mm. so that she can know in her heart that she's fine that everything's fine Mm -hmm. i don't know it makes me feel better yes it's always a good reminder i like the way they did it in this one yeah it was funny and also honest (laughs) oh if we can jump back to the weird frat house apartment does she call one of the guys date rape (laughs) (laughs) yeah they literally call the guy that they beat up date rape and after he's killed she's like Date rape. Ooh, I should probably stop calling him that. Rest in peace, my guy. Yes. <laughs> when they're looking down the hall at the group of them doing their envelope stuffing and whatnot, the quote is, <laughs> it's like a roofie laboratory in there. And it's just so funny because Lilani, she's trying to interrogate this guy. <laughs> And she keeps slapping him. And eventually he's like, dude, I'm literally answering every single one of your questions. Can you not? I'm being so cooperative. And they do all these contradictory things, like tell him to hurry up and answer and also to shut up. And he's like, which one? I don't know which one to do. (laughs) What do you want from me? I'm trying to help you. One of the shenanigans I want to touch on is before they even get to the apartment where Leilani is still in her date shoes and... (laughs) Gibran is trying to get her to like break the glass with his stiletto because he saw it on Mythbusters and ends up of course breaking the shoe and then he's like oh yeah now I remember that was one of the myths that got busted she doesn't just go to do the kick she like 
does a standing leap. I don't even know what the hell this kick was. It was so aggressive, and then she busts her ass. <laughs> and then my favorite thing about this scene is that they go up the fire escape, and then she takes the same shoe that didn't work downstairs and manages to break the window with the heel. So it did work. It did work. And Jane, this is my favorite thing. Did you notice? They broke a damn window, loud as fuck. And then as they start stepping and crunching on the glass, they keep turning to each other, shh, shh. Shh. Why are you shushing each other? You just broke a window. Who fucking cares? Exactly. And the music is so loud, I guess they don't hear them. And then, as they like quickly exiting, she steals a pair of one of their shoes. I mean, they're all dead now. They don't need them. Oh, R.I.P. This is... <laughs> she remembered the golden rule. Yes, of, girl, girl, put, put on, on your, your shoes. shoes. <laughs> Respect. So even though they weren't her shoes, she put on some shoes. And even though she was rocking sneakers barefoot, (laughs) she had some shoes on. Can we talk about the super weird hipsters at the beginning? Get out of my brain. That's where I was heading. Really? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say, like, can we jump back to the beginning a bit to talk about who I have in my notes as the woke white hipsters? (laughs) That's exactly what they are. Such a good character. Such a good scene. So funny. Because our main couple, Mustache, commandeers their car and murders bicycle by car and then flees like vanishes (laughs) not before almost shooting them both in the face by the way oh yes i forgot about that and then deciding not to because he hears sirens so messy they almost get killed right at the top what a messy 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 start yeah and so leilani and gibran are like checking on this guy to like make sure he's okay and then a couple of pedestrians walk over and accuse them of murdering this guy with their car and then they start to run away and the woman calls the cops and she's like hi um i'd like to report a murder or whatever it's just <laughs> so funny i'm pretty sure it was this black woman and an indian guy but not because they're black and indian i'm just trying to explain what they look like they were in the car and i think that they hit the guy with their car and she just cannot stop <laughs> it just it just happens to be african-american women and i think the guy's a minority too but like i'm not saying that they murdered him because they're minorities but like right they, they just kind of said they did i'm just saying that like i think they killed him with his car and as they're screaming at each other she's like yeah i just heard the woman's name is leilani and then lani shots jabron is like jabron don't say my name and she's like oh and i just heard the guy's name is jabron they say it's each other's just... names way too much more than normal people say each other's names so many times when they like are trying to be a bit covert yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? (laughs) Ridiculous. My favorite thing about the couple is actually off-camera throwaway dialogue. (laughs) When they're going up or down the fire escape, they end up passing by somebody's windows who's watching the nightly news. And in the nightly news, a correspondent says... There was a murder (laughs) and then says that the couple who found the body, they're in the hospital being treated for emotional distress. (laughs) And I just love that detail. That small detail. (laughs) So freaking good. Like something that I also want to talk about is how race is handled. And it was so refreshing for us to watch a movie where the leads are people of color 
but it's not a struggle story. It's not about a person of color having to overcome racism in their lives. Right, because that's not how racism actually works. No. (laughs) Not in day-to-day life. Yeah, like those stories, I'm not saying they're not important, of course they are, but it doesn't deal with the day-to-day things of like all the microaggressions that are being experienced and these tiny little things. And so I really loved how this movie deals with the reality of the fact that the leads are two people of color but not in a way that's like suffering porn you know yeah god i hate that so much yeah it's the reality of them sitting in the diner trying to regroup and jubran's like we should go to the cops and leilani's like us us have you seen us (laughs) they're not gonna listen to us they're gonna look at us and they're gonna lock us up and she says your beard looks like murder (laughs) yeah Which is really funny and also like really a reality. <laughs> or when they're kind of on the run outside the pharmacy after they've changed. Yeah. And a cop car's going past and they're getting really nervous and this cop is glaring at them and they panicked and they're like, oh, phew, he was just like a regular racist. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Let's get in a ride share. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see that and it feels... It feels real. Yes. It doesn't have to be some like overt thing that causes a lot of trauma. It can just Mm. be a, what's happening? I'm questioning reality. Yes. And that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to cover the horse scene as much just because I think that people should just experience it. It's too chaotic. Yes. I don't want to try to explain it to anyone. Just enjoy. (laughs) And shout out to Anna Cam, yes. who is just amazing. Love her. She's so fun to watch. I have loved her since True Blood. Oh, I love her so much. She's fantastic. And I do want to talk about the fact that they somehow managed to accidentally get themselves kidnapped. Right? Like, they go out looking for her and trying to meet her at this club and are behaving in a way that's super suspicious. And then she just like conks them out on the head and kidnaps them essentially this is where i felt like we had a very soft trope of mistaken identity yes (laughs) (laughs) my word edie anna camp's character thinks that these two are the blackmailers yes and they are not they just now have blackmailers phone (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't help their case it doesn't she's like i'm gonna call your boss and they have his phone it honestly is such a great chaos And we get her again in one of my other favorite things, which is the crazy sex cabal eyes wide shut thing. What on earth? Yeah. <laughs> the amount of organization. The amount of NDAs. NDAs? This is the Illuminati. They don't have NDAs. <laughs> that whole scene is also another one. People just need to experience it. After they get into their gorgeous outfits. Oh, stunning. They show up at this crazy party. Which I guess like the elite of <laughs> New Orleans all get together once a month and have a dungeon so orgy ridiculous. with Venetian masks. With bingo balls. Right. You get selected for the beautiful orgy with the bingo balls. On a circular white bed on a stage. <laughs> It's so funny because it brings back a theme in the fight that they were having at the top of the movie where they're talking about 
the lack of spontaneity and Javon is like just tell me when you want to be spontaneous and Lonnie's like you can't schedule on your google calendar time for spontaneous sex and so this comes back around in the scene she's like see this is spontaneity this is like what I'm talking about and he's like I bet all of these people had it in their google calendar and I have to agree with Javon on this one yeah scheduled months in advance it was scheduled but the element of spontaneity is the bingo balls yes we don't know who's going in it's a surprise so they both are correct (laughs) two things can be true at the same time yes this is also taking a lot of organization because there are too many people here so that's there's so much planning you got to do a google cow and there's a dress code involved (laughs) (laughs) oh it's finding freedom within a structure yes yes that is my jam Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite things while they're there and the chanting is happening for the beginning of the festivities if you are trying to be covert what why chant (laughs) they were terrible why even chant just don't chant no keep your mouth shut and certainly don't say where's the beef (laughs) that's so funny and how they get caught as imposters. First of all, if you know you're going to a masked event where the goal <laughs> is for people's identities to be hidden, what are you doing? Taking off a mask. Just logically. Right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, not everyone is right on the count of three immediately in unison going to take their masks off. Right? <laughs> so you just glance around a little bit. Pretend to struggle a bit. More. Right? What do you just... You have a scooch of time. I can't. It was so ridiculous. So funny how they got caught. And like, (laughs) perfect, perfect deus ex machina. All of a sudden, the cops show up and break up the party and they don't get entirely swarmed. It's just like, what? So dumb. What were the guests going to do to them? Like, beat them up? Give them up as a ritual sacrifice? Like, what was the plan? What were they going to do? I don't know. (laughs) And then after all this is said and done, they do get picked up by the cops. They do get put in a holding room. We hear very funny banter (laughs) of them being stuck in the holding room. And it turns out the entire time that the detective who called them while they were in the diner just wanted to protect them because they knew that their car got stolen because they have CCTV camera footage. So ultimately, this entire adventure was pointless, aside from the fact that had they gone into police protection, they would have been killed. Yes, that's also true. And they wouldn't have found the murderer. So, you know, it worked out in the end, kind of. But the whole running and feeling like they're on the lamb was like not based in reality at all. Oh, right. The um conversation they have while they're in holding is so fucking ridiculous (laughs) they were titillated by that orgy i think they were low-key but upset they didn't get to watch it play out (laughs) definitely that and then my favorite my favorite thing is when they finally realized that the detective never considered them people of interest in the murder just witnesses they start to spin out. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, of course. I would never kill someone. He would never kill someone. We would never kill someone. You know, sometimes I say that I want to kill him, but it's just be like, you know what I'm saying because I'm mad at him. We don't do crimes. The only thing she's ever done is, you know, she sold weed for a little yes. while, but that was just because we needed to make money. But like they were trying to help people with glaucoma. I mean, I guess it was still illegal, but she got it from her uncle who yeah, got yeah. it in the Netherlands where it's legal, but I guess it's not really legal here. But yeah. anyway, it just like, spiraled so far out of control. <laughs> and they can't stop talking. And I feel like 90% of the time when I see those scenes, I think cringe, 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 stop, stop, cringe, cringe. Mm -hmm. And this is just funny. (laughs) It was way less cringy for me. Did you also feel still really cringe? No, I didn't. I thought it was funny and it felt really true to the 
characters and how panicked they get and just like word vomity <laughs> and i think it's like the relief of realizing that they're not true suspects yeah and so they just immediately start trying to confess to anything just to show how innocent they are yeah yeah the whole end sequence is so good especially because part of it is foreshadowed yeah them being taken by a police escort to go safely home and that police escort turns out to be mustache so he wasn't lying about being a cop right he's just no he's just a bad cop yeah and this is what I'm saying again about like how it feels so natural, but some of it absolutely was written into the script because it comes back. So when they're in this ride share thing, they're having this back and forth banter about how it's so ridiculous to have a lighter in the castle and should right. be replaced with like a USB thing or a charge or whatever. And it's just like this seemingly unnecessary interaction. But then it's actually a plot device because that's what they actually end up using to escape their bindings. It's so good. That whole thing thing is so insane just the trying to talk the cop down (laughs) they're having a messy messy fight in the back and even mustache says you seem like a really nice couple and i'm super (laughs) sorry about having to kill you (laughs) as he drives them to the docks to kill them The whole thing's so good. And then ending up on the boat and having the count of three and realizing you actually do work well as a team is so sweet. Yes. I like it. And that, isn't it in the back of the car while they're bound and about to die that they have this really beautiful conversation with vulnerability? (laughs) If there's any time for that to happen, it's when you're about to die, (laughs) I suppose. It's true. Yeah. They really should have done that probably months ago, Mm -hmm. but you know. Right before death is okay, too. (laughs) Closure is important. (laughs) Just all around such an interesting freaking film. And I won't spoil the end, but the end comes back around to the beginning like so many things in this film. So you really should watch it. It's delightful. Mm, Enjoy. It is very funny. And baked (laughs) in that they also impeded by the fact that they had a useless fight. So they continue to have their useless fights, which is also good to know. Yeah, but they're so good at it. They can do it while doing cardio. Yes. Exactly. And before the epilogue that we're not going to spoil for you guys, we also get a nice callback at the end when they've been rescued and they're sitting finally in an ambulance. And we have a callback from the opening montage where it's like, what's that look? Is that a I want to kiss you look? Love. It's very sweet. They're cute. I hope they make it. I know, right? I believe in them. Well, that brings us to... A fun fab <laughs> So obviously this is a toughie because she's not a rom-com, really. Mm-mm, not really. She's not not. No, but she's also not <laughs> really. So how we, how we ended up on this was, I mean, we both love this movie. Love this movie. And we've watched it three times. And it still made me laugh out loud. Me too. And I noticed other things. Which I don't even laugh out loud so for probably half of the movies we've watched together and reviewed Mm. like I giggle but full guffaw out loud for a movie I've already watched multiple times as I said to Jazz if someone were to ask me for a recommendation for a rom-com this would not be it because it's not yeah you couldn't yeah I couldn't but I still love this movie and so our rating for this movie is 
fantastic fantastic it's a fantastic movie what a great watch so so good yeah i honestly recommend it to literally anyone who likes having a nice time (laughs) i don't have notes i think it's perfect the way it is i don't know how you could possibly improve this film Mm. it's tight aside from the prologue and the epilogue it happens over the course of what six hours maybe a few more Mm -hmm. it's basically a perfect film I love this movie so much. Like way back in the olden times, they used to say that a play should only happen over the course of one day. Mm, mm-hmm. This is more like Shakespearean times. That was the traditional thing to do is that plays happen over the course of one day. And in that regard, they deliver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tight timeline, tight film. Lots of fun. So many laughs. So many. It's great. Hence the fantastic. And again, I cannot emphasize enough that the dialogue scripting everything about that aspect is so (laughs) well done. Uh, It's a good watch. Highly recommend. But not cracking the list of top 10 rom-coms. Yeah. It's its own thing. It can't, it's not a rom-com. It isn't, it isn't. Not really. Yes. It it is. You get it. It's enough for us to do as our (laughs) Halloween episode. It's just not, yeah. You understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get it. Anyway, that leads us to our favorite segment. Favorite, favorite. Give me the cheese, Give me the cheese, please. I am so excited for this. It's so, okay, whatever. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything until we just do it. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. One. Oh, no, no, no. Wrong way. I'm so excited. I started counting wrong. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Three, two, two one. For your cheesesteak. Ooh. <laughs> I'm so curious how we're going to thread this one. <laughs> I know we promised that we wouldn't be keeping track, but I do remember that I went first last time. Ooh. So <laughs> yes. Okay, great. You get to go first. So mine is super bizarre, which I think fits this film. It's called Yerost. Never heard of it. Yerost is spelled... G-J-E-T-O-S-T. In case you want to look it up because it's insane. Mm. And you'll never be able to spell it without me telling you. (laughs) It is a Norwegian cheese Mm -hmm. that is made from whey. So it's a little bit more similar to like a ricotta in that it's less aged and from the whey products as opposed to being what some might consider a more traditional cheese. Mm -hmm. So... The thing is, is it's not really a cheese because of that. Okay. And even more so, it is like a three-way love child between cheese, caramel, and fudge. Interesting. So if you were to look at this insane cheese, you would see something that looks like the consistency of fudge. Mm. Like I've given you a bar of fudge, Mm -hmm. but it's got more of a caramel color, but it's technically a cheese product. Hmm. What a mind fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's what I was going for. This film and this cheese are both mind fucks. You Mm. think you're getting yourself into one thing and you're about to experience something entirely different and something you were entirely unprepared for. Right. But it doesn't make it any less delightful if you get past your misconceptions and your preconceived Mm. notions about what you were about to have you can sit back and really enjoy something delicious yeah but if you really think that you're gonna watch just a straight-up rom-com or a straight-up murder mystery you're gonna maybe be disappointed you Mm. just kind of have to understand where you are and that's the thing about a yadost because it tastes 
like peanut butter. (laughs) Goodness. Yeah, it's wild. So if you shave yourself a teeny tiny little slice of it, you kind of roll it up. It's very soft. And you put it on a piece of sour apple. Mm. Or if you put some on toast and then melt it a little bit and then cover that with some jam. Almost like a little PB&J situation, but with this cheese. If you know what you're getting yourself in for, you can really enjoy the bizarre and delicious experience of this wild thing you've never seen before. There's nothing like it. Yeah, that's it. This is my weird, Goodness. you know, word salad for exactly why this movie is a yodost. Wow. I, I need to look that up because it sounds... It's, it's great. Even more so, I want to try it because I'm so curious. There's so many levels to it. It is so interesting. How interesting. Yeah, I... <laughs> Murray's Cheese in New York City mm-hmm. has a handbook and they call it, quote, amazing if somewhat revolting. <laughs> uh, no. So uh, I think that, yeah, you just have to be ready for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> so I chose a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Yes. Which Seems a little bit odd because this takes place in New Orleans, <laughs> but just stick with me on it. So cheese is in the name of this sandwich, much like Lovebirds is the name of this movie, <laughs> which makes you think that perhaps you're getting something a little bit different because with a Philly cheesesteak, the emphasis is not really on the cheese. The cheese is a present, but it's not the focal point like it's the combination of everything together Mm. the bread the braised steak the onions some people put peppers so you need all the different components to make this work it's really good it's really phenomenal like this movie is amazing but if you think you're signing up for a cheesy sandwich like this is this is not it right this is not it this movie's not a rom-com a philly cheesesteak like cheese is not at the forefront you're not getting a grilled cheese you're not you're not getting a tuna malt you're like the cheese is a lot more needed no it's cheese whiz yes there but it's not like you know whatever it's there but like even the cheese itself is fully a fake out <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like whoops not what you thought <laughs> which is like this it starts off so strong with the opening montage and it's like whoops made a mystery <laughs> <laughs> which isn't to say i don't love a cheese whiz no. it's just yeah unexpected yes <laughs> If like it's your first time having a Philly cheesesteak, you might think that you are getting a really refined, special cheese. Maybe a cheese <laughs> even local to Philly or, you know, something a little more <laughs> elevated. It's like a heritage item. Yes, you know, something with a deep history. It's storied. It's been around forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, but no, it's just <laughs> an afterthought. <laughs> anyway, it's still great. And... Much like this movie, when you know what you're signing up for, wonderful ride. So that's me. They're the same thing, just different cheeses. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Going for the unexpected. Yes. I love it. Yes. That's this movie in a nutshell. Yes. Happy spooky season, everyone. (laughs) Because that's our episode on the discussion of lovebirds. (laughs) (laughs) Please 
Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Any shenanigans we may have missed. Well, we know we've missed them. But any of your favorites. Yes. Shall we say that we didn't talk about. Or what cheese you think it is. Also, you want to message us any tropes we might have missed. Yes, please do. This one was a toughie for us. So mm-hmm. we could have missed some, honestly. You can follow us on Instagram at shenanigansinsuepod. Or you can email us at shenanigansinsuepod at gmail.com we hope you'll join us next time and until then see you later later, crocodile crocodile. bye One of the best acting jobs of just being so awestruck by a person you're in love with. Like the permission to be so enamored by someone. Oh, it's so cute.